Now, grab your Bibles and turn with me to Romans chapter number 12. We're going to try to wrap this series up this morning. Uh, we've been in this for about six or seven weeks. God's been, God's been whooping us, hasn't he? My soul, he's been getting our attention about being not conformed to this world. And every time that I turn on the news and see what's happening in this world, I understand why. Don't be conformed to this world. Now, here, here's what we're going to do. This may be... This may be the most important one out of them all. This may be the most important one out of them all. We've talked about several things. We've talked about complete submission, right? He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. That means saved people. He's talking to saved people. Now, before we go any further, if you're not saved, we can help you with that dilemma. We can take a Bible and show you how to be saved. Now, this is for all the saved people. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, saved people, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. That means total submission. Say that with me. God wants total submission. submission. I, I present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Not above and beyond the call of duty, just reasonable. It's reasonable for God to expect us to submit to him after all he's done for us. Amen? Amen. And be not conformed. Be not conformed. That's sanctification. That's sanctification. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Somebody say amen. Oh, no, no, no. That's sanctification. Be not conformed is separation. I got ahead of myself. I'm sorry. Separation, then sanctification. And then we come to what we're going to deal with today. That ye may prove, the word prove means discern, understand, know, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect what? Will of God. How many of y'all know that God has a will or a, if you want to use the word plan, a purpose for your life? And we need to know what that is. Why do we need to know what that is? Because we need to be doing it. Jesus said at 12 years old in the temple when he was confounding the wife, when his mother, y'all know they lost Jesus. How would y'all like to be the ones that lost the Savior? Amen. Mary and Joseph rushed back to Jerusalem and found him in the temple, confounding the wise, and, and said, and this is what he said, Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? I need to get an early start. That's what that means. I need to get an early start. I've got a job. I've got a purpose. I've got a calling. And I need to get to it. And guess what? So do we. So do we. So let's pray, and we'll, we'll talk about that today. You ready? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for a great crowd, a great spirit. Lord, thank you for my family from Ohio that came all the way down to go to church with us and visit a little while. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'll keep them safe on their way back. I pray that you'll watch over them. I pray that you'll be with all of us today. That as we hear all those that fear of you, Lord, I praise you. Just thank you for them and all their effort and their, their service and their uh, work for the kingdom on that side of our county. God, I pray right now that we can take what we learned today and go do it. Lord, not just hear it, but apply it. And God, we'll give you the, the praise and the glory and the honor. You are worthy of our praise. Fill us with your spirit. Convict us. Challenge us. Encourage us. Strengthen us. Motivate us. Lord, I pray to be about your will. And God, I, I don't want you to let me say anything I'm not supposed to. And please don't let me forget anything I need to say. And Lord, we thank you and we give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. 
Here's what I want to do. Usually, when we preach uh, a particular, when we preach a particular uh, chapter or a set of verses, we stay right in those verses, right in that chapter, and dig all the goody out of it and deal with that. But there's so much that goes with God's will that I wanted to give you. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna put that one at the third point. All right. In other words, we're gonna finish up with Romans chapter 12 in verse number two. All right. Uh, and so. The first two you can say is just intro, right? Or additional material to understanding God's will and what we need to know about God's will. And I, I wanted to throw these verses in there because it's so pertinent to what we're talking about today. All right. So number one, number one, we're going to go, we're going to go to, I better open my Bible. How about that? All right. All right. I guess if we're going to preach, we need to preach the Bible. Amen. All right, Philippians chapter two, Philippians chapter two. Uh, I'll have it here. If you want to look it up in your, in your, in your Bible, that's fine, but we, we've got it right here. Philippians chapter number two. Uh, I want to talk about this, the beginning or how you receive the word of God, right? Uh, how you get the word of God, it's not the word of God, the will of God, the will of God, the receiving of his will. That's point number one. Okay. The receiving of his will. Where does this come from? Where, how do we get this? You know, if God's got a plan for us, where, where did that come from? Where did it begin? How do we receive it? All right, watch, watch what this says. Philippians chapter two, verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. What's those next two words? Everybody say it real loud. Fairview too, say it real loud. Work out your own salvation. Now he didn't say work for. He said, work out. You say, why didn't he say work for? Because you can't. For by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should vote. You can't work for it. You can't earn salvation. All right? God gives you salvation as a gift when you repent and call upon his name and turn from your sins and turn to God and put faith in Jesus Christ. He gives you salvation. Now, he says to work out something. Work out something. Let's figure out what we need to work out. All right? He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, with respect and reverence and awe toward God. Now look at the next verse. <clears throat> the next one. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. You ready? For it is God. who? God. Watch this now. It is, you don't come up with it on your own. You don't get to decide what you do for Jesus. You, you don't get to decide your destiny. Because if I did, I'd been in a vet's office somewhere. Hello. Dogs don't talk back like humans do. Say amen. God determines this. Okay, watch. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good now watch this. It is God which, what's the next two words? What was the two words we read in the previous verse? Work out. Now we're seeing. All right. He said, he said, you work out. God. Now watch this. Here's the points. Here's the points. When it comes to the will of God, when it comes to his purpose, he will work it in you. He will put it in you when you get saved. Are y'all with me? 
Now watch this. Watch this. This is so important that you see this. Look what it says. Look what it says. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship. We are his workmanship. We are his masterpiece. He has designed us and created us. Now we're talking about saved people. All right. There is a new, if any man be in Christ, he is a new, and the word creature there means creation. God has done a work in you. God has, he has done a work inside of you. He has, he's, he's, the word here is workmanship. He's designed something. Watch what it says. We are his workmanship, his design created in Christ Jesus unto what? Good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. So what happened? The moment you got saved. The moment you bowed your knee and accepted Christ as your Savior, God immediately done a work in you. He recreated you. He made a brand new you. If any man be in Christ, he's a... He works in you. He done something in you. He put something in you. Now, now, what, it, what did he put in you? What did he put in you? If we can go back to Philippians, if we can go back to Philippians 4, it is God which worketh in, verse 13, if God that worketh in you both to will and to, so what does that mean? That means he put his will in you. What are you supposed to work out? You work out what he has. Does that make sense? What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to work out what he put in. I'm supposed to, on the outside, be doing what he planted on the inside. Now watch this, watch this. I got some stuff up here. I got some stuff real small, and, and it's easy. <clears throat> I don't know how good this shows up here. All right. Okay, at Fairview, this is, what, what's this, everybody? It's a ruler. What, what do you do with that? You measure Somebody, watch this now, I'm going somewhere, I'm going somewhere. Somebody created this for a purpose. What is the purpose? To measure. So it's got a purpose. Somebody on purpose made it for a, all right. What is that? What is it? A pen. What's its purpose? To write. Somebody created that on purpose for a, right? And that purpose is? Watch this. My favorite toy. I know I'm not supposed to poke that in nobody's eye, right? What is that? Laser pointer. Somebody created that for teeth. No, I'm, I'm, I'm. On purpose for a, and that is to point. Now you say, all oh, this is so silly. No, 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 I'm going somewhere. When you got saved, God had a plan for your life. God had a purpose for you. And, no, and everybody don't have the same purpose. 
God has people that can preach. God has people that can sing. God has people that can teach. God has people that can serve. God has people that can give. God has people that can be mentors. God has people that can do incredible things with architecture and and, and painting and building and, and all of these things. We all have a purpose. And the Bible calls it his will. God has a will for your life. The moment you get saved, you received, he put in you. He put in you what he wants you to do for him. Now, we're going to get to how to get there in a little bit. We'll we'll come back to this, okay? Number two. Number two. So the first thing, number one, we need to understand the what? The receiving of his will. Where do we receive it? Where do we get it? When do we get it? At the moment of salvation. God does a work. He recreates. We are a new creature. Then secondly, the blessing. I know y'all are, <laughs> we, live in a, we live in a world of what's in it for me. So I'm going to help you with this. Why should you pursue God's will for your life? Why do you need to discern God's will for your life? Why do you need to follow and be obedient and submissive to God's will for your life? Why? Here's why. Look at the next set of verses. Let's put this up there. <clears throat> Let's see. Colossians. Colossians. For this cause, now, now Paul is writing a letter to the church at Colossae. He's found out that they've received Christ. He's found out that they have put their faith in the Lord. Say amen. Now watch what he says. For this cause also, since the day we, what did he hear? If you go back, we'll save time. I'm just telling you, in chapter number one, he said, we heard that you put your faith in Christ. We've heard that you've received Jesus, okay? So the moment the Apostle Paul, how many of y'all believe he is kind of tight with the Lord? I mean, he's pretty, he, if there's somebody we need to listen to and, 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 and learn from, is Apostle Paul. And he said, the moment that I learned that people at Colossae had trusted Christ, this is what I did not cease to pray for, to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his... Wow. The most important thing Paul could pray for. Paul felt so obliged, he felt so, listen, this was so important that the moment they got saved, the very first thing that he wanted them to know was God's will for their life. Wow. Very first thing. You thought he'd be praying for other things. Praying they'd get sin out of their life. Or pray that they, God would help them with temptation. Or maybe pray that God would provide for their needs. Or meet all their financial woes and problems. Not so. The very first thing Paul prayed for, he says, I want you to know God's will for your life. Now he gives a reason why. He gives a reason why in the next verse. Watch this here. That. In other words, I want you to know God's will so this can happen. I want you to know God's will so this can happen. That ye might walk worthy. Word worthy doesn't mean deserving. Okay? Because nobody's deserving. The word here is the Greek word that means appropriately. In other words, so you can walk like you're supposed to. Y'all with me? It's kind of like like when your parents, and you go into a store or go into a restaurant, and and as a little kid, they look at you, you, you better act like somebody. What are they saying? You better act appropriate. You better act like you're supposed to. Hello? 
I could see right now that there is many people in this room that's never heard the flip, 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 flip. How many of y'all are familiar with the flip, 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 flip? Thank you. Hallelujah. There's more education in that sound than all the colleges in America. Say amen right there. All right, watch this, watch this. Walk worthy or what? Oh my goodness, y'all forget so soon. Walk worthy or what? Can you help me, Fairview, please? I need to hear you from all the way out there. So you can walk appropriately like you're supposed to, worthy of the Lord unto all. Preacher, why do we need to know God's will for our life? So we can please him. So we can be pleasing. Do you know what should be every Christian's desire? To please him. It shouldn't, be to, it shouldn't be to fancy the world. It shouldn't be to please man. It shouldn't be to uh, make everybody in the world happy. Listen, our one goal in life is to please him. If he is smiling, it doesn't matter if the world is frowning. And by the way, if he's smiling at you, the world is frowning at you. Right? But if we cannot, we cannot be pleasing unto him unless we know his will and are obeying his will. So the very first blessing, the very first blessing of being in the will of God, be obeying the will of God, discerning and knowing the will of God is we're pleasing to him. We'll be able to please him in our life, in our living. Look at the next verse. Look at the next part. All right, look at this. <clears throat> it says, walk worthy, walk worthy, uh, uh, unto the Lord, unto all pleasing, being fruitful. The next word is productive. What's the blessing of being in his will? You'll be productive. What does it say? Abide in me, John 15, right? John 15 says, abide in me and I in you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall bear much. He said, for without me, ye can do nothing. Do you want to be prosperous? Do you want to be productive? Do you want to bear fruit in your life? Do you want to be like the blessed man in Psalm 1? Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the seat of, uh, or standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be, he shall be like the tree planted by the rivers of water. What, uh, hello? He shall bear his fruit. Listen, he's going to be prosperous. What did he, he tell Joshua in Joshua chapter number one? He said, don't let this word depart out of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate on it day and night. Then thou shalt find thy way prosperous. Then thou shalt have good success. Some of you are struggling, struggling, struggling because you're, you're trying to do your will. Your will. There's way too many Christians who's got a plan and trying to get God in on it. So how do you know that? Because that was my mode of operation. And let me tell you something. It'll frustrate you to death. You got this that you want to do. You got this direction you want to go. And you're like, God help me. God help me. God help me. And, and God said, I ain't helping you. Because that's not the way I want you to go. Isn't it amazing that we get people frustrated with God because God won't help them? Why would God help you push yourself off a cliff? If some of y'all got your prayers answered, you'd be a disaster. 
Because if God helped you go the direction you go and you'd run right smack into a wall. Some of you need to stop and say, okay, God, something ain't working right. I need to submit to you, not my will, but. Hello. Productive. We will be fruitful in his will. Okay, look at the next one. That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all will be pleasing, being fruitful, will be productive in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. All right, look at the next verse. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power. Guess what we'll get? Power. We'll be pleasing. We'll be productive. We'll be powerful. We'll have a powerful walk. We'll have a powerful witness. We'll have a powerful service for him. What you do for Christ and what you do for God will have the unction of God on it and the touch of God on it and the power of the Holy Spirit on it. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witness unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. I'm telling you, you'll experience the power of God in your life. And if you ever experience the power of God in your life, you won't settle for nothing less. I need the power of God to stay clean. I need the power of God to stay humble. I need the power of God to walk worthy of Him in this world. I need the power of God not to kill somebody in traffic on I-65. Do I have a witness right there? You need the power of God. Somebody said, do you need the power of God to preach? I said, you need the power of God to go to Walmart. Some of y'all think I'm kidding I read an article this morning. Two ladies got in an argument and, and she's loading her groceries up in her car and the lady shot her right in the back, killed her right in front of her two kids. Now we better not act shocked because this is the world that's coming. And I've been telling y'all this and telling y'all this and telling y'all this. I mean, it's right here. It's right here. We're in it. We need God's power. We need God's power. And it's not just for the spiritual aspects of our life. We need God's power for the secular You need God's power to get up out of bed in the morning. You need God's power to fulfill your your career and and your job to provide for your family, to protect your family. And if you're not in God's will, you're not going to experience his power. Dr. Craig Edwards, he's an awesome guy. I mean, he's one of my mentors. And this is what he said. He said, Malcolm, you get up there. And you preach anything but his word, you're on your own. He said, now you can. And he said, a lot of preachers do. A lot of, pre- a lot of preachers have charisma. A lot of preachers have a, a, a stage presence is what they call it. They have the ability to speak and, and, and hold people's attention. And he said, it ain't nothing but fluff. He said, because God ain't on it. And, and, but if you are in the will of God, and you are preaching the word of God, you're going to have the power of God. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now we need God's power and it's only going to come through his will. His will. Now we have the ability to seek our own will, don't we? How many of y'all have ever tried that? How'd that work for you? I, I, <laughs> people have come to my office before and, 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 and in a mess, I mean a mess, 
And here we go, and, and, and this, 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 and this. And I said, well, here's what the Bible says. You need, you need to do this, 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 and this. And they said, no. Well, we don't, we, don't, we don't think that's necessary. And I'm thinking, what are you doing here? How's that working for you? Hello? We need God's power. See, the blessing of being in his will, what was the first blessing? Will be pleasing. Secondly, will be productive. Will be three, or C, will be powerful. Look at the next one. Look at the next part of this verse. Strengthen with all might, according to his glorious power, unto, uh uh-oh, uh-oh, there's that P word. Unto all and with joyfulness. Now, I'm going to tell on myself. I don't like to, but y'all need to hear this. <clears throat> I was, I was uh, texting a friend of mine uh, about a, a situation that required him being patient. And, uh, and, and, and I said, you know, you might be going through this right here because God's trying to get you to be more patient. And, and he said, well, why can't you just be my friend and not preach all the time? I said, I'm in my office. I can't help it. <laughs> Going back and forth on the text. Well, this, this friend was with me this weekend at a certain restaurant <clears throat> that took a long time. Long time. Long, long. Long time. And it kept piling up. And I'm standing in the foyer, and, and I know, I know there was nobody there before we got there, and then there, there was like four or five families. There ain't no reservation in this restaurant, and they just, they ushered four or five, six families before me, and, 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 and long time. <laughs> Boy, I can feel it. I can feel the blood. Y'all know when, when the blood starts pumping in your earlobes? I just looked at them all, come on, come on, let's go, let's go. My wife. We walked out of there, and he's grinning like a possum eating glue. He pulls out his phone and says, Preacher, I need to show you a text. I need to show you a text right here about patience. Let me tell you what you can do with that. No. Let's, let's be honest. Let's be honest. How many of us could use some more patience? The ability... To suffer long. That's what long-suffering means. It means the ability to withstand difficulty without retaliating or responding. Now, I know what some of y'all are thinking because your granny told you all the time, Oh, never pray for patience. Oh, dear Lord, don't say that. You'll have tribulation. Let me tell you something. If you need patience, I don't care if you pray for it or not, you're going to get tribulation. Because if God sees that we need patience, he's going to do whatever it takes for us to to bring it. But according to this verse, according to this verse, if we will find God's will and strive to seek it and to obey it and to stay in it, God's going to just give it to us. That's what I need. I don't need that tribulation. It's not working out good for me. Right? I just need to find his will and God will go ahead and and, 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 and spot me some. Are y'all with me? 
Listen, let's go down that list. Let's go down that list. What was the first thing? The blessings of being in the will of God. First of all, we'll be pleasing. Secondly, we'll be, say it again, productive. Uh, thirdly, we'll be powerful. Then, then fourthly, we'll be patiently persevere. I don't know about y'all. I like all of them, but I sure need a lot of that last one. Amen? So, let's find his will. Now, let's finish up with this. Let's finish up with this. Okay, now y'all know I'm a practical preacher, right? I, I, I love one, two, three, this is how you do it. I don't want to just tell you what you're supposed to do. I want to tell you how to do it, okay? Now, we're going to go back. We're going to go back to Romans chapter number 12, all right? Back to verse 2. Well, actually, verse 1 and 2, okay? And I want to show you the, I want to show you the process here, all right? The process. Uh, number three is the uh, discerning of God's will. The discerning. How do we figure it out? How do we figure it out? There's a lot of people that have this idea that God's will is some mysterious thing that if we line up everything just right and we ask in just the right way with just the right method that God may tell us what it is he wants us to do. That's not it. God wants you to do his will more than you want to do it. So he's going to tell us. He's going to show us. But there is a process, okay? There is a process. Now, here's what, here's what it says. I beseech you, therefore, now, I, I gave you three things, right? Three blanks. I'm going to give you an extra blank. Put zero. Put zero. In other words, above number one. Because I skipped one. <clears throat> I shouldn't have. I'm just assuming y'all are saved. But some may not be saved in here, so we're going to put zero. All right? Put zero above one. You got one, two, or A, B, and C? There ain't no zero in the alphabet, is there? <laughs> we're just writing this above it. <clears throat> here we go. First is salvation. Salvation. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. You cannot be in God's will unless you're saved. Why? Because the first will of God for your life is salvation. That's what it says. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He wants you to be saved. His will for your life is salvation. Say it with me. His will for your life is? Now, if you're not saved today, if you're not 100% sure, if you are to die right now, you'd go to heaven. If there's any doubt, was it? listen, if you're not saved, let us help you with that. Because nothing I tell you after this is going to matter in your life until that takes place. You can do everything else and that not be, and it's going to, you're going to waste your time. You can give all the money and the offering you want. You can, you can have a perfect attendance to church all you want. You can read the Bible through five times a year. And none of that's going to matter to you if you're not saved. The first part of finding God's will for your life is salvation. All right, secondly, or A, A. Watch this now. I beseech ye therefore, brethren, salvation, that ye present your bodies a living what? All right, that's submission. Now here's, here's what some of us do. Here's what some of us do. We're so, we're so bad. We're so bad. Here's what we do. Okay, now God, if you will let me know what you want me to do, I will decide if I want to do it. If you just give me a hint, then I will submit. No, 
No, it don't work that way. It takes submission first. You're not going to know God's will till you're fully surrendered to it. I've told you this a million times, my, my story, my life. And I, that, that, that missionary pointed at me when I was a little kid and wanted me, said he wanted me to be a missionary, scared me to death. And for 10 years or 15 years of my life, I run from being a missionary. And it wasn't even a missionary that God wanted me to do. He just wanted me to be willing. And until I got to the point that I didn't care if it was a missionary, I didn't care if it was a teacher or a deacon or a Sunday school teacher, I didn't care what God wanted me to do. I just wanted what he wanted me to do. Then God sent me to Alabama. And here I am. Are y'all with me? He said, no, I'm not going to tell you. Nope, you're not going to know. I need to know if you're going to do it. I need to know if you're going to completely trust me, trust me enough to know that I know better than you do and that I've got a great plan for your life, but I'm not going to tell you until you trust me and submit to it. And the moment I did, he did. I'm telling you, it's that simple. So, discerning God's will starts with salvation. Come on, everybody. Discerning God's will and knowing it, recognizing it, it starts with salvation. Then after salvation, he wants complete, absolute submission. Present your body as a living sacrifice. You die to what you want. That's what sacrifices do. They die. But he doesn't want you to physically die. He wants you to die to self. He wants you to die to your dreams. He wants you to die to your opinions. He wants you to die to your desires and your wants and your wishes. And I know what you think. Well, what about? No, 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 no. You don't understand. Delight thyself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. You see, your heart is so broken and your heart is so crooked. You really don't know what you really want. And you'll chase something that you really don't want because then you'll get what you want. But then you don't want what you get. And if you just submit to God, God knows your heart. God made you. He created you. And he knows what will make you happy. He knows what will bring fulfillment in your life. And if you'll do what he wants you to do, you'll find true happiness and joy. So you got to submit. Lord, whatever, whatever you want, here am I, send me. Right? Watch this. Watch this. Then, he says, after you present your body to living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reason of service, be not conformed. That's separation. You can't go out there and play in the world. Can't dance with the devil and expect to have heaven. Can't dabble in the world. Can't have both sides of the fence. Can't play around and mess around in the world and expect to have discernment and know and understand God's will for your life. It takes separation. Come out from among them and be ye. Let me say it again. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. We need, we need some separation. But then he says this, and be ye transformed. That's sanctification. That's the process of becoming like Jesus. Right? Be ye transformed. Transformed into what? Jesus. What does Romans 8, 28 say? All things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them that are called according to his purpose. What's his purpose? Verse 29, for whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his 
son. That's what sanctification is, being, becoming more like Jesus. Becoming more like Jesus, right? Now watch. So first thing, if we're going to discern God's will for our life, it starts with salvation. Then, it's, then it goes to complete, 100%, total complete, y'all. Not some. I'm just going to allot this amount of time for the Lord in my life. No, no. No, you, you totally missed it. You say, here, here I am. Lock, stock, and barrel. All yours. Whatever you want to do with my life, here it is. Complete submission. Then thirdly, separation. We got we to gotta clean up, y'all. We got to, what, what does he say? <clears throat> in Hebrews 12, I think. Uh, uh, let us lay aside every weight in the sin that does so easily beset us. We need to forsake our sins. We need to confess our sin. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need to be right. We need to be holy. Be ye holy for I am holy, saith the Lord. God's not going to use a dirty vessel, y'all. Anybody, anybody in your family drink milk? God help you. You ever, you ever left a, a cup that had milk in it on the counter for a few days? Or forget it in the truck for a few weeks? <laughs> Ain't nobody in here going to snatch that thing up and go make you a glass of tea. That preacher, that's nasty. Then why are you got so much filth in your life and expect God to use you. God wants a clean vessel too. No, we're not going to be perfect, but we can sure make an effort of being clean. My grandma, she is so cool. This is the grandma that got saved, you know, that, that night I was preaching. This is what she told my mom and all her children. She had like hundred of them. <laughs> Big family. They believed in, in, in a quiver full. You know what I mean? We live right on the ocean. Right there on in Fort Pierce. You've been there, Brother Mickle. Right there close to the beach. You know, that's where we live. She said, she said, listen, there ain't no shame in being poor, but there is a shame in being dirty. Said, you can go to any house and knock on that door and they will give you a bar of soap. And there's a whole ocean out there. You may not can be, have money in your pocket, but you can be clean while you broke. What's the point? There's no excuse for a child of God to be dirty. Because he's given you the opportunity to come and confess, and he will cleanse you and make you white as snow. And all God's people say it. So we need to be separated. Then we need to be sanctified, becoming more like Christ, right? Sanctification. Be ye transform be ye transformed now watch this now watch everybody just wrap it up go ahead and wrap it up put it up y'all ain't got no more blanks look at me i want you to wrap it up and then look at me because y'all always wrap it up while i'm trying to wrap up and i want you to wrap up first then i'll wrap up <laughs> all right now everybody look at me. everybody look at me. everybody up on the shelf everybody wave at me if you can see me up there, there we go. All right, man, y'all handsome up there. I'm telling you what, good gracious, what a crowd. All right, now watch, now watch. Dr. Edwards, 
Dr. Edwards, I was in a time of, I don't want to say confusion, but just looking, trying to figure out God's will for my life. And he said, let me tell you how to do it. It's easy. I said, yeah, for you, you're like 100 and been in the ministry forever, Moses. <laughs> sure, it's easy for you. He said, no, it's easy. It's easy. Watch. Now we're going to tie, we're going to tie Philippians in with Romans 12. Watch this. He said, here's what you do. If you want to know God's will for your life, first thing you got to do is you got to answer a couple questions. I said, I can do that. He said, number one, are you saved? I said, no problem. Check. I'm saved. I know I'm saved. I'm born again, without a doubt. He said, that's first. He said, number two. He said, is there any sin in your life that you've unconfessed, that you're practicing habitually, that would cause the Holy Spirit to be grieved with you? I said, not that I know of. Now, I'm not talking about you know, sins of omission where, you know, we didn't read our Bible enough that day or I didn't pray enough that day. Now, I'm talking, you all know what I'm saying. Unconfessed sin. I said, no, sir, as far as I know, as far as I know, me and I, I'm right. I'm, I've confessed everything I know and he ain't told me nothing else to confess, so I think I'm, I'm good there. He said, if you're saved and, and, and there's no unconfessed sin in your life that's hindering or a habit or a, an activity that you're doing is grieving him. He said, number three, are you completely surrendered to whatever it is he wants? Yes. That's usually the hard one. There's been a lot of people in church over the years that they're saved. And they're really not going and committing adultery and, and running around shacking up or watching pornography or robbing banks or killing people. They're pretty clean and don't have any unconfessed sin in their life. But boy, when you say, are you willing to do what God wants you to do? We go to stuttering. I need, boy's quiet. Yeah. See how, you see what point we got quiet on? The one we struggle with. He said, God's not going to tell you what he wants you to do unless you're surrendered completely. And then watch this. Y'all ready for this? He said, if you're saved, if you are sanctified, if you want to use that term, you're clean. You don't have an unconfessed sin. You're not, you're not practicing a, a, a sin uh, in your life. He said, if you're totally submitted, surrendered to the will of God in your life, watch this guy. Y'all ready? Look at me. Everybody look at me. This is so cool, man. You're going to love this. He said, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? See, everybody's got this idea. Everybody's got this idea. That God just, his will for my life, he's going to make me do what I don't want to do. And I just don't want to do it because I, 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 I want to do it. I want to. No, 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 no. You, you, you don't understand. Let's go back. Let's go back to Philippians. What it, or Colossians. It's in the Bible. <laughs> the verse, I think it's, is it Colossians? No, not Colossians. It was Philippians, wasn't it? What was the first set of verses? What was it? Philippians. There, see, I was right. Y'all making fun of me. I was right. Watch this. For it is God that worketh in you to do and will of his good pleasure. What does that mean? 
that God will put in you a desire to do what it is he wants you to do. So if you get those things out of the way, you get salvation taken care of, you get uh, cleaning up, get that sin out of your life, get that taken care of, if you get that complete submission, Lord, I want to do whatever you want me to do, then what is it that you want to do? Because he has put in you what it is he wants you to do. And watch this. When you're completely submitted to him and get the sin out of your life and get saved, you'll want to do what he wants you to do. Even if you even if you flutter in your face. I'm, I'm thinking right now, I can't even I can't even imagine being a veterinarian. I can't even imagine being anything than what I'm doing right now. I want to do this. I couldn't wait to do this. It was the most torturous thing ever. Because usually the time I'm working on Wednesday night Bible study, uh, Andrew was doing that for this coming Wednesday. So I was working on Sunday. So I got it done way ahead of time. Then I had to wait three days to tell you guys. Man, I couldn't wait to get here and share with you what God had given me. I I can't imagine doing anything else. Oh, I, I, had, I had that wild hair. I told y'all I had that wild hair about pastoring a church in Atlanta because it'd be so much easier to build a big church in Atlanta. Uh, that was stupid. God let me go preach a revival in Atlanta and I was stuck in that traffic in Atlanta for three days. I said, dear God, if you will let me get home. I will. You know what that proves? God is smarter than me. I mean, he's getting too busy and calm now. I'm going to hang out in Moulton. <laughs> Ain't that right, Mo? Where's Mo at? We'll go hang out in Moulton, won't we? Preacher, what are you saying? God knows you better than you know you. And God's got an awesome plan for your life. But you're not going to do it if you're playing around in the world. You're not going to do it until you get saved. You're not going to do it until you are saying, I'm tired of running my life on my own. I'm tired of being the boss because it's just led me in a mess and and difficulty and strife and stress. Lord, I'm going to submit to you. And then you'll be pleasing to him. Then your life will start picking up productivity. Then you'll start experiencing power in your life. You'll start having patience. And be able to persevere through trials. I don't know about y'all. But if I was y'all, I'd pull a Jesus card. Not my will, but. And all God's people say it.